Okay, well in week one, you looked at a lot of the history of psychology um, and um, <clears throat> um, met some important figures in the history of psychology. And you also looked at how some of these important figures in the history of psychology tried to shape psychology in different ways and essentially contributed to what psychology is like today. And, um, and then, you know, toward the end of uh, the first part of chap uh, that first part of chapter one that I asked you to read, um, <clears throat> looked at some things having to do with what psychologists study today and some of the different subfields within psychology. So you probably noticed uh, in that brief history of psychology that um, that there were um, there were differences of opinion in the uh, early history of psychology about whether or not psychology was a science or even could be a science. Um, but uh, I hope you realize that um, that by the end of that um, history, you know, uh, uh, in modern times, um, we've essentially decided that psychology it can be and is a scientific discipline. Psychology now defines it itself as a scientific discipline. Um, and, um, and so uh, the question then is how do we do it? How do we do science with human beings? And that's what the rest of this chapter is about. This is a really important um, uh, part of the course on scientific research methods as applied to psychology. How do we do science and psychology? You see, part of the conflict, part of the um, controversy uh, among the early thinkers was could you really do um, uh, science with human beings? Remember there were the humanists who said, well, you know, humans have free will and uh, they're fundamentally different than other kinds of animals and so, you know, the kinds of scientific methods that we might use to learn about other animals or even other uh, 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 organisms in the world, we can't really apply to humans because they believed humans are fundamentally different. Um, <clears throat> but um, but essentially, those folks uh, that viewpoint kind of lost out, if uh, essentially because uh, the behaviorists and cognitive scientists and um, uh, biological scientists were able to show that we can actually learn quite a bit about human beings by using scientific approaches. And so psychology now defines itself in terms of science. But I, but I want to uh, wanna um, get a little bit more into what that actually means because um, while this is uh, while for the field of psychology this was kind of a, um, a historical controversy, you know, can psychology be a science or not? For a lot of people outside of the field of psychology, it's still kind of a modern question. Well, you know, they might think of psychology as well, not really a science or, you know, a soft science or maybe they'll acknowledge it's a social science, but it's not like the other sciences like geology or, um, or chemistry or biology. Those are hard sciences, right? Um, what I think um, what I think that viewpoint misses is what science is really about and what science itself really is. And, um, and part of the reason for that is that science has taught us so much that, um, that by now there are a lot of essentially established facts in many areas, many scientific areas. And so that, um, you know, when you take a science type class in elementary school, middle school, and high school, a lot of what you learn is not the science. You learn what the scientists have learned by using the science, right? What I'm getting at here is science is not a collection of facts. It's not what we know about how things work. Science itself is actually the method of how we were able to figure those things out in the first place. 
And so uh, if we apply that to psychology, then what that means is that we can use some of those same methods uh, of scientific inquiry in studying humans. And if we do, then we are doing science. Now, in the past, there have been non-scientific approaches within the field of psychology. We'll actually talk about some of what those folks said, um, you know, throughout the course. And so, yeah, it's easy to find non-scientific non stuff in the history of psychology. Um, but that is pretty much in the past. Psychology is defined in terms of science now. Um, however, um, uh, there are some very particular challenges that psychologists face in trying to do science with human beings. You know, for some of the very reasons that pe uh, people may doubt that psychology could be a science at all. I mean, um, one of the reasons uh, is that um, human beings are very complex creatures. Uh, and, um, you know, so people are like, well, how can you reduce human beings to something that could be studied essentially, you know, like under a microscope or studied systematically? And um, uh, so that's one of the real challenges that psychologists face. We are attempting to, uh, to um, use those same scientific methods that other scientists use, but we're trying to do it on probably the most complex creatures at least that we know of some of the com most complex matter your brain that's ever been discovered or uh, or examined and so there are some real challenges in doing that uh, let's see um, one of the other things uh, that often hangs people up about psychology as a science is uh, we study humans but humans are very diverse uh, humans have a lot in common with one another and certainly we want to know about that in psychology but we also want to know about how individual humans are distinct from other individual humans. And so, um, so notice that we'll be studying both of those things in this course, how humans tend to be in general, and also how particular humans are distinctly different than that. And that's the study of individual differences. Um, and so that, uh, that diversity of human beings um, uh, can make it difficult um, and can provide an extra challenge. I mean, you know, I don't want to be overly simplistic, but, you know, you study one piece of granite and you know a lot about all pieces of granite, right? Uh, you study one test tube of um, a particular solution and you know pretty much about all test tubes, all of that solution, right? You can, e you can much more easily generalize in some areas of science. It's not so easy in psychology. If you study one human being, you don't really know about all human beings, right? Um, and so we've got to do things a little bit differently. We've got to study not just one sample, but we've got to study large samples of humans to try to figure out how, how, um, uh, what things humans have in common and how they typically are, while also looking at how humans are individually different. One of the other things, and this is maybe a little bit more subtle, uh, is that... Um, uh, people wonder how psychologists can actually uh, study humans when those psychologists themselves are humans, right? This is a big problem, actually. Um, this is a problem of objectivity. How do we objectively approach our subject of humans and human behavior when we ourselves are humans? And so we're going to be subject to our own sorts of uh, subjective biases and uh, viewpoints and things like that. 
And so psychologists have to be particularly aware of um, those kind of things in applying scientific methods to studying humans. And so, you know, we, we have to be very aware of reducing those kinds of biases and subjectivity, even more so than some other kinds of scientists, because, you know, we're studying humans and most of us actually are humans ourselves <laughs> do right so so um uh, so while those are some of the things that may have people doubt that psychology could be a science um <clears throat> think of those as challenges think of those as challenges in the ways that psychologists that psychologists have to, have had to face in actually applying scientific methods to study humans and the truth of the matter is we've been able to learn quite a bit about human beings, human behavior, um, by applying those scientific methods carefully. So, this is a crucial part of the course, as I mentioned, uh, the remainder of chapter one here that looks at scientific methods. Um, <clears throat> I think I might have told you last week that um, that a lot of uh, textbooks, even in intro psychology, will put this as an entire chapter of, on its own. And you'll, you know, if you do go further in psychology, you'll take full courses or more, uh, you know, looking at these particular research methods. Now, it is important to know a lot about uh, and understand these research methods for a few reasons. I'm not going to be asking you to do original psychological research in this class. That's not what this class is. Um, however, everything that we're going to be looking at and talking about and reading about from here on out is going to be things that are based upon uh, the science of psychology. So it's going to be important to know how psychologists were able to figure some of those things out, what kinds of research methods they used, what those research methods could actually tell us, and what they couldn't. Because actually one of the bigger problems with um, with understanding psychological research is that when people who aren't trained in psychology look at psychological research, they often think that it it tells them more than it really does, right? They actually, um, and I'll give you some examples, well, you'll see some examples of that even the end of this chap, in the rest of this chapter where, um, where, you know, a news story gets written about some psychological research and it's like, well, they kind of blew it out of proportion there. It's not, it's not really what it was saying. Um, but anyway, so uh, being able to understand where all this information comes from and how we know it is going to be an important thing for understanding and applying um, research. Again, I'm not going to be asking you to perform uh, original uh, research in psychology. By the way, um, <clears throat> uh, when a scientist uses the term research, they're using it in a different way than your English teacher or maybe your high school teachers might have used the term research. Um, um, to, um, to a scientist, research isn't going to the library or going to the internet and reading about what other people say about things and putting it together. That's what's called research if you're writing an English paper or something like that. English teachers will call that research. Scientists don't wouldn't refer to that as research. If a scientist used the term research, what we're talking about is actually doing some systematic study, making observations about things in the laboratory or in the real world or collecting data and actually adding something to the body of knowledge in your field, right? So notice that difference. Um, to a scientist, research isn't about taking knowledge from what other people have done, although that's, you know, that's uh, an early part of it and that's the basis of it. You know, that's what research is in English class. Uh, to a scientist, though, research is adding to that body of knowledge. So when I tell you I haven't done any psychological research in the past few years, 
uh, it's been five, six, eight years, something like that. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't mean that I stopped reading about what other research people have done. That's a very important part of my job as a clinical psychologist and, of course, as a teacher, too. Um, <clears throat> but what I mean is that um, I haven't performed research studies in that time because that's not the kind of psychologist I am. Um, <clears throat> uh, but... Um, uh, but I am, of course, trained in all those kinds of uh, research methods, so I have done all those kinds of research methods and uh, have to be able to understand that research to be able to apply it, right? I'll tell you more about that as we go on. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so is psychology a science? Well, it is now, and it is now because of the fact that we use scientific methods. Scientific methods are based upon systematic observation, careful observation and measurement, looking for patterns in things in nature and figuring out how things work, right? And so, um, so that's not the only way of knowing things, but it's a really good one. Um, it's a really reliable one. We've found that. And so if we're going to apply, if we're going to apply scientific methods to the study of humans and human behavior, then we're doing the science of psychology. And that's what the rest of this chapter, that's what, um, yeah, the rest of this chapter is about. How do we actually do that?